Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art in design and fashion by focusing on the creations, works, legacy, and now infamy of one Coco Chanel. To hash it out, I am joined by guest Alexandra Parsons of alexandraparsons.com. Miss Parsons, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me again. I'm very excited to be here. I know how oh, we've been talking about this one for for a while, but um, mm-hmm. guys, we need to address something, a little bit of an elephant in the room, a, a disclaimer before we go into our theses, and that is this. Um, as me and Miss Parsons were doing extensive homework for this episode, and getting ready for you guys, we uh, learned a little bit uh, of some darker corners that Miss Chanel had in her history. So the original episode was going to be a little more bio heavy, but then we started to learn the pathological lying side of Miss Chanel. We started to learn the uh, talking the shit to her contemporaries and colleagues. There there was, um, to put it lightly, there was just a little bit of um, a darkness there. And then to top it all off, we learned about what has become new in her biographical news, and that is that she was once a Nazi sympathizer. And then, of course, <laughs> what got worse is as we read more and more, it went from Nazi sympathizer to Nazi informant and then to Nazi agent. And we realized pretty quickly if we just focus on her personal life a little too much that it gets to the, it would get to this point where it would seem like we are glorifying Nazism. And we absolutely do not want to do that at fucking all. Uh, so we need to make it abundantly clear before we talk about Coco Chanel that we are here to talk about the art and the art alone. And we do not condone any atrocious acts against humanity like Nazism. And then uh, something occurred to me in Alexandra. This is the first time we've had to frame the show with this in mind because we've seen this throughout history as well. Sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist because if you look at just if you know if we're objective about looking at what she did with her art and her creations it really did change a lot of the world and revolutionize things and in, in, in a lot of ways for the better and um we just aren't too crazy about what she decided to do in her personal life so i so we started talking about that uh me and alexandra and we realized that this is how we're going to frame the episode is that sometimes we have to to separate these two worlds and she already knows where i stand on the subject but miss alexandra the great um how do you can you separate the art from the artist knowing that you may be in love with their art but um they may have a very dark history and past that that it overshadows the art i think it's that famous saying like never meet your heroes mm. <laughs> like you'll always be disappointed um i she, I don't, I never believed in idolization. Like a lot of people love Beyonce and love celebrities. And I'm always, anytime I'm like taking care of a child or teaching, I'm always like, don't idolize 
celebrities. They're humans just like us. So they're going to have dark sides and you're just going to get disappointed. So when I found out about this with Coco Chanel, I was kind of like, nah, like this wasn't really. <laughs> not, like not this, is just a, this is just a hearsay. And then I kept reading it. And I was like, oh my God, you know, and we both there found out that- There was substantial evidence, yes. There's substantial evidence, all of this stuff. So you're saying, yes, you can separate- I think you can. What the art is for what it is as it stands alone and not be crazy about, you know, what we learned about the creator behind yeah, it. Yeah, as long as you're not like idolizing it or glorifying them, I think that if they, you know, a lot of art is created from a lot of trauma and a, a lot of like Picasso was a woman beater, like, and like everybody still loves his fucking artwork. And like, you know, I would be devastated if Tom Hanks, like, let's please, let's not find out <laughs> Tom Hanks fucking drinks children's blood. Because oh, God. I would be devastated. Not, like, not, not America's dad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right? No, we don't need to know that. So but I, Shades of gray, shades of gray, my friend. I, um, you know, we talked about this a lot before we decided to go live. And I originally was on the side of I, I thought I could easily, you know, separate the art from the artist. And yeah, the, I think the modern gold standard is Michael Jackson. You know, he had all these allegations mm -hmm. against him that he um, participated in uh, child molestation. And again, no normal right-minded right-minded person would ever condone that mm -hmm. but then i was like you know again it's and i think for legal reasons we do need to say that if you chanel will go out of their way the brand that is to say that you know these are still allegations and these are based off of a lot of different uh, points of view in her history mm -hmm. uh but my God, if you actually do your homework, there is substantial evidence. And mm -hmm. um, I think it, it, oh, it, now I realize it depends because, like in the Michael Jackson example, I'm like, oh, yes, I will always forever love Billie Jean and Thriller and all these things. I don't care what he did in his personal life. But then Alexandra guys brought up some really good examples and it made me think. I was, because she goes, what about Woody Allen? And I was like, ah, mm -hmm. oh, Jesus, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think, I think what he did does overshadow his art a little bit i do have a harder time watching woody allen films and then i try to think of another film example and i thought of roman polanski yeah and i was polanski. like i was like you know what i still fucking love the pianist and i do like his work though so mm -hmm. it, it depends on i think the extent of the shadowing you know like what they did and the art itself is the art so powerful that you it doesn't matter you're in love with it for for all times mm -hmm. and i i realized i i thought i could really separate the two easily and be like oh yeah no problem but i realized when i really think about all the examples that are out there it's it is hard yes it's personally with me like i love all woody allen films i think he's hilarious it's cringy like i just you just try <laughs> not to think about the individual and with coco chanel like i've read multiple different stories and, you know, there are some stories that came out that, you know, like there was some justification between why she did what she did. She was trying to free her nephew from the Nazis. Yeah, and, I thought that you know, was, there was interesting, right? Yeah, that's a perfect example of like, I feel like the Chanel brand, which is probably like a bunch of fucking old white dudes that are, you know, the chairman. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Zoolander. You know, like it's, it's uh, right. It's something like that now, you know, because the brand is so is so it's such a huge business 
entity that I get it. They don't company. want to taint her legacy and the name because they still want to sell products to people. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's a business at the end of the day. And so they will refute everything down to the smallest detail. And one of those I thought was fascinating that maybe she was a double agent, that she was only working for the Nazis to help out. Uh, you said it was a nephew? Um, I said her nephew was in, I read that the nephew was in prison. He was a French, he was like, he was in the army for the French war. And um, they, the Nazis imprisoned him. And she did date a lot of like Nazi high officials. And she did know a lot of people. And she was really good friends with Winston Churchill. So oh, yeah. there was like, apparently there's evidence that there was a meeting with the Nazis. They don't know what happened, but her nephew got released. So so, <laughs> so to bring it, to bring, let me, let me do what I do. Let's do a Novo pullback. To bring it home, here's the point. Is the, regardless of all of the darkness and the, all of the things that we really don't want to dive into this show is about art so our aim today is to celebrate that and how it changed the world for the better so we wanted to make that very clear before we started so with that being said alexandra how did her creations how did her art change the world culture and particularly the lives of women well first off she was first of her kind to become an international businesswoman to have an international company and she was just an innovator in itself and i think and i know not that i think that the reason why she was such an icon for a lot of women is she was in a feminist voice in itself was she was able to like break the chains of like how what women were wearing based on like what men said women should look like right she just we, we was wanted very, to, men wanted yeah. to dress you guys up as dolls essentially yeah, and, and she she looked at it as like she was so simple like her so french and very like one-liners <laughs> like she'd just be like why not like yeah, why she, are we picture holding a cigarette and just like you should see this beautiful shape why is it being why are we making the shape different than what it actually is we should be able to wear clothes that we feel comfortable and a lot of it was based on the fact that she loved to do sports. She loved to do things. She loved to ride horses. And she's like, well, why are the men comfortable and we're not? Mm-hmm. Like this is, so she just asked the questions and wasn't afraid to act on it. She was very bold and fearless. Um, she took fabric like Jersey, like this humble, simple fabric that no one thought would be luxurious and made it into a, a luxurious item in her. So, I mean, that's like a very short example of what she did. She like did the little black dress well, we're going to get more into that. Yeah, later, well, but... like, well, yeah, uh, save it for save it for the discussion. Yeah, section, we'll save it. Into like this, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, in a nutshell, I can see why she became such a feminist icon. You know, she really did change the game for so many, uh, so many things for women, minorities to help them unchain the binds that that men had over all of these different kinds of cultures, uh, things with just the simple use of fashion. It was very fascinating to me to see that she would, she decided to (laughs) make a suit or make a bag or pick a fragrance and change so many things for the better. Now, before we can discuss, of course, we need a little background. So Coco Chanel was born Gabrielle Bonheur Chanel in Paris, France on August 19th. 
1883. Alexandra, give us a brief little rundown. So this is a classic story of a rags to riches kind of story. Well, she was an orphan. She lived in a very strict Catholic orphanage. I can't pronounce the name of it. It's very French. Um, Don't even try. And, yep. uh, yeah, I'm not even try. She, um, you know, her mother <laughs> died when she was 11 and she had some sisters and she learned how to be a seamstress at this orphanage. And eventually as she got older, she was working at the orphanage. And through her upbringing, it really defined her style. It, it honestly, like the even the lack of a father figure, like that, I think is what I think it was fascinating too. We we heard so many different reports too. Like mm-hmm. like I feel like even the orphanage thing can be refuted a little bit because sometimes I would read things that said she was just working at an orphanage. She wasn't actually an orphan herself, mm-hmm. and that that is a perfect segue into her famous name, Coco. Chanel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coco is so she's saying a little bit in cabaret and people think that she got the nickname from that because there's a song that includes the name Coco. Sometimes it's from drug use. Sometimes it's for like where do do you stand? Well that was the first time I know we talked about in the pre-show that it was from her drug use. I was like oh I never knew that. That makes sense. Um, I thought it was from the song. She liked to lie a lot so we don't know. She was a compulsive liar. (laughs) She was a compulsive liar. Um, so and I like read a biography book a long time ago about her and I was like I constantly was like we don't know what happened with her childish the story constantly changed so Coco apparently was like from her singing in a cabaret the song called Coco but you know maybe she also liked to do a little uh, cocaine you know, so I mean, it was very popular. well. She was. Uh, I did put this as as my little mini thesis before I I gave the the reins over to Miss Parsons. Is as she mm-hmm. was kind of like a rock star before like rock star culture existed. Like she would party late, have a lot of suitors, a lot of boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Do uh had a, had a lot of um nightcaps and uh, part partook in a little bit of drug use. So she was a she was a she was a party gal. And she had a lot of homes. And she, yeah. did you do? Did you read about how she also like let Salvador Dali stay in her one of her homes? <laughs> I did. I was just like, oh my Dolly god, <laughs> she was just so glamorous. I think that yeah. So yeah, I love Salvador. And there's a lot of there are some pictures of her with Salvador Dali and Renoir, and like she introduced a lot of people to each other. She loved connecting her hands and that that pile in the French film scene. She's so interesting. And she helped develop couture culture. I think yeah. we need a little definition of, say it for me, say it. Ut, ut couture. So, ut couture. Ut couture. You don't really pronounce age. Maybe I, I don't think I'm butchering ut it. Couture. Um, so ut couture. Send us your hate mail. It, send it <laughs> yeah. to Alexandra, not to You can us. send it to me. <laughs> um, so ut couture, it, so you know, you see things like juicy couture, right? That stuff drives me nuts. Mm, I don't. Um, no, do you remember? You don't remember? You. Do you I don't remember don't, Juicy Couture? I do remember like, Juicy, but I don't remember being Juicy Couture. I remember like be... just Juicy as a brand, <laughs> but not Juicy Couture. It, they called it Juicy oh, Couture. God. So you can have a Couturia. You can name Alexander Couture. You could do anything. Um, it's so, not yeah, really Tell couture. the good people what that is, because is, we're going to talk about it a lot in the discussion section. Haute Couture can only, if it says Haute Couture, that means it's made in Paris. Or it's some part, currently, it's some part of the outfit is made in Paris. And you have to be invited by the guild. There are strict guidelines that you have to stick to. Um, some people are temporarily invited. Some people apply to it. Um, it's, yeah, and then the show, Haute Couture basically right now, 
now is the showcase for current trends that will trickle down into fashion for the next few years. So if you go look at a couture show on um, Vogue.com, you those trends, those fashions, those clothes, like the fabrication and colors, you're going to see those into the mainstream in a few years. But you can I can have a couture shop, but couture usually means fit to the body, multiple mm. hours, uh, multiple fittings. Um, anybody, I used to work for a couture, a couture shop in New York. Yeah, but like if it's haute couture, it means it's made in Paris through the guild. I go. see. All right. Well, uh, before we can discuss, of course, we need a little word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show so uh we're gonna play the hits guys as already i know we beat you over the goddamn head with the fact that we don't want to talk about the fucking the fucking nazis we want to talk about the art and to do that uh we kind of we try to do our best to um pick five things which is very fitting because that that was coco chanel's favorite number just mm -hmm. like her uh chanel number five perfume uh so i first wanted to uh tee you up by talking about the fact that famously she ended the corseted female silhouette style but how well she was the first to apply the principle of modernism in dressmaking so a lot of designers didn't do that and she was very practical and she saw what women needed and was very much annoyed like i said earlier about <laughs> how men kept you know She's trying to say that. yeah what she should wear <sighs> Um, she gave us a voice that we didn't have before and she broke the mold because she knew she was strong and that strength lived in all women and women aren't to be showcased like a trophy or a doll. We should be looked upon equally. So mm. she broke that silhouette and a lot of it also had to do with the, the little black dress that she loved the opera and she's like, oh my God, all these women are. Well, that's a little black dress, but she just knew like that, that little black dress kind of broke that corseted look though. Yeah. So she saw all these women in the opera and it was like all these colors and she's like, I can't with these colors. It's too much. She's like, I'm just going to dress everybody in black. I uh, We didn't talk about this on our pre-show. That is my favorite go-to um, set of, uh, I wouldn't call them colors, neutrals. I love blacks, whites, mm -hmm. uh, grays, um, taupes, tans, and browns. That is my go-to. If I can, if I, um, I used to like, remember when black on black was really popular, like fucking Tom Cruise, you know, mm -hmm. early aughts. You know, as soon as I had enough money 
or not i didn't let's let's be clear or let's be, let me be honest uh as soon as i begged my parents to buy me a suit um as a young man i i was rocking the black on black i still like it to this day that is that is my go-to i love black everything honestly well you know i lived in new york for like almost a decade so as you know like and all a lot of my friends we i always wear all black it's just mm. like a i love to wear it's slimming it's, it's just i got like, it shows off my figure it is very <laughs> new york and it's very french but I do love black and gold. I have a lot of gold jewelry. Okay, right on. Um, I do, like, I love white. Well, today I wore white and black. I wore a Funkadelic. No, I wore my shirt. What am I wearing right now? Parliament shirt with <laughs> black linen shorts and a white blazer over it. Parliament, so. like the band Parliament? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a Mothership George Connection. Clinton. George yeah, Clinton it's, and the it's, P-Funk All-Stars. Oh, yes, yeah. I it's love, a Mothership I love Connection some, album. some Parliament Funkadelic and some some Maggot Brain. Right, yes. Some maggot Brain? Uh, anyways, <laughs> I digress. Yeah, it's um, fun to add that in there. So, yes, black and white. and cre- I love creams and golds. Oh, oh, hell yeah. So that leads us to that. That's a good segue to uh, what we were just talking about, the Chanel Couture. Mm-hmm. And that we let's talk about kind of our all of our famous pieces. So this is I know I know what you're going to fucking say or think in your head as you're listening. It's like, well, this is going to be more than five. Then this is its own category. OK, just bear with me. <laughs> the category for the love, is <laughs> for the love of God. Jesus Christ. Calm down. OK, I can hear your hate mail coming to remember. Send it to Alexandra. Anyways, so let's talk. Let's just do it from the top to bottom. So let's go hat to those two tone shoes. Give mm-hmm. it to us. Me. I'm giving yeah. it to you. Give it so to us. Do the it. top five. The top five is not the top five. No, we're just focusing on uh, the, like a basic look, like what hat she likes to design. So we can go oh, from the okay. Breton top to the tweed jacket to the to the two tone shoes. Just oh, give so us the hits real well, quick. Okay, the hits. Well, the one that she's most known for is yeah, the little um, the little hat, the little Jackie O hat, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little Jackie O hat. Cute. Yeah. The tweed jacket. That she and she lined that tweed jacket. Nobody ever knows this. She invented that and lined That's, it. This with is the, the Chanel chain. suit for the record, right? Part of the yes, Chanel suit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are we talking? So, what? Just to be clear, are we talking about a like an outfit from the sixties? Are we talking about what she was most known for? Because she's, um, a little of both. I want. I just want to uh, just so the people at home. If I had to pick. Out yeah. five looks and just put on a mannequin and it was displayed on a museum. And like, it could be a are... mix and match, but, yeah, okay. it, but it was all Chanel. It was all Coco. Definitely one of her hats. Yeah. Right. Because she was also a dress hat maker first. So just really one of her hats. And then the famous tweed jacket. Mm-hmm. Probably I would choose a gold and white and gold one because she did the gold braiding, the, mm. the braiding with the wool. And there's like a specialty wool that was she had somebody do it, which was fascinating. And probably personally hide the the pants like i would wear like she did the what skirt do you and mean stuff. hide the, the pants no i mean not hide the pants i would pick the high-waisted pants oh like the high-waisted pants high-waisted okay. pants sorry i mumbled so the black like high-waisted pants i literally uh, thought you said hide the pants hide the pants hide, <laughs> hide the, the pants. pants i was like well with the skirt you know i didn't know where didn't we were finish. going with this. i didn't say yeah. high-waisted so, so the pants i would pick the high-waisted wool pants because she always wore those and she also made them mm. and we can't forget about the bag. Oh yeah! So she did the um, two point five five bag. I think that's what it's called. Um, and that's its, its own it's, category on the on the outline. So if you got to folk, we have to focus on that. For so a bag a while and if we're doing the bag now. Yeah, the bag and the two tone 
shoes, I guess. And and we can't forget about some beautiful gold jewelry. Okay. So that's let's, that's what um, I would put So yeah, we're working our way down. So let's 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 move on to the back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh is it is it literally that? You don't say like two fifty five, you say two point five five back. It's called the flag bag. The flag it's bag. A, I never heard it called two point five five. Um, but it was original we know it as the flag bag because women were wearing a lot of um they were like holding their purses, wearing a lot of little bucket bags. And she was like, Why are we doing this? Why don't we just put a chain around it? And then she just put I a chain around it. I thought it was like revolutionary and the sub- I've always thought there was genius in the simple. And mm-hmm. like for her just to like look at it and be like, Why are we still holding these clutches? Why don't we put this chain around it and wear it like a purse? That's what she did with everything, if you think about it. She was just kind of like, Why are we doing this? And I know this is okay. So just to bring it back to the thesis, like it was freeing though like Mm -hmm. not in this in a literal sense she was freeing the hands of women right but in a figurative Mm -hmm. sense it was freeing them in ways that they didn't realize too i i I always found like her choices were always profound and um wanting to yeah revolutionize or give maybe women a renaissance for more of an identity and making sure that we could evolve to where we are now we're not we're geez i feel like we're starting to slide into we're not quite there yet. I definitely believe in equality. You know, we should all get the same pay for the same work, but we're not there. But at least these little things like this are getting us closer and closer and closer. Yeah. Um, yes. No, I hope so. I hope you believe in all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. Mean, you, would, you wouldn't come back, would you? No, no, no. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> no, I love, no, I'm um, a feminist. I, I, I try it. I, I fight for the ladies. Don't yeah, she yeah. she was definitely. I did they call her a feminist then? That's the something. No, that, I think that, 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 that came later. So, yeah, yeah. I like think with the feminist movement and and everything like that. That's how. That's when she started to become a feminist icon. When they were like, oh well, she did all these things, you know, for us kind of a thing. And then I don't think I don't I don't even think probably reading her bios and all this stuff. I don't even think she thought about it that way. It was still for practicalities and things like that. Like, why are we, you know, like you should be comfortable. Why are we, why are we doing it this way? Why are men dressing women this way? But she, she thought outside I, the box. She's yeah. just like, this is dumb. She's yeah. like, <laughs> this yeah. is fucking stupid guys. Come on. Anyways, we were talking about the back. <laughs> tell us, tell the good people more about the back. Why is it so important? Well, yeah, because she basically was like, we don't need to be holding this anymore. And it was a small sized bag. I think that's like, it was able to fit the things that you needed, like your lipstick and like a little perfume bottle and and had hidden um, compartments and shit it wasn't like bulky or big it was very it didn't overpower the woman and that was the thing like the 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 purse was supposed to accentuate the chain was like very elegant and nice and it was small enough where it was hiding and it wasn't taking over the look and a lot of these purses were just like they're holding it the women were able to put hands in their pockets she had a lot of pockets in her her stuff as well like a lot women didn't like they didn't invent that kind of thing so yeah that's very simply but that's pretty much why it was important and then that leads us to the jewelry the costume jewelry Ugh, God, uh, jewelry oh, God. yeah tell it oh oh not a fan but what 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 I'm getting verklempt like I love oh, oh, jewelry. I thought you were groaning at first. No. I was like, oh God, is this is this a sore subject? Is this like you know the dark corners of her past we don't want to talk about in the show? And I, no, it's it's um nope. She was she was girling out, guys. It's okay. I was girling out. Like I was just looking at it well, today. Gosh, yeah. So she, I, as I found out, like you know, she's you know, Coco Chanel's a Leo, and I'm a Leo as well. Oh, oh, guys are doing it. Okay. Oh, wait, and why? She, 
was she was superstitious and she like this has to do with her jewelry yeah and she was you know that's why she loved number five and all stuff and Mm. so that symbol of the star transmuted into her jewelry line that she did it was like and apparently the star was paved into the floors of the orphanage the apuzine if that's how i'm pronouncing it correctly and it and you know it followed her throughout her life and um she designed that flamboyant diamond star in her jewelry collection and i can't pronounce it's like i was trying to ask my french friend how to pronounce this correctly um yes and presented 1932 but did you know so i'm not gonna get it yeah it was like apparently it was i think it was stunning it was so art deco it was sexy but it was a scandal among the fine jewelry world Mm, why i don't i was trying to find this out why and i think just because i don't really i couldn't find anything quite yet like i think i needed to keep diving but my Mm. my interpretation yeah my theory is because the way it laid on the woman's body like the bare skin it was too scandaling it was too like all that it was too sexy and some of that like art deco like the star and stuff like that it was very big and a lot of the jewelry was like we're little... heathens kind of a thing like you heathen for doing that yes like that's so obnoxious that's too much but it was very like flat it was beautiful cigarette sound effect again oh god i was looking at the earrings it was just so it was very opulent 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 am <laughs> i have to look that one up opulate. oh i'm dyslexic forgive me for mispronouncing things opulate. um yeah it was it was beautiful jewelry you guys can look it up you're just thinking um, of tom hanks drinking the blood of virgin and sacrifices again <laughs> um that's gonna make anybody mess up um, but you know it's it is like this we like she even had like head pieces with the diamonds coming down it and there was a, it was a very like like a string and a star and it looked like it was a shooting star on the bot i mean it was just oh so beautiful oh, go man. look it up everybody yeah. look it up it was so pretty curling out over here i like it okay and that that leads us so we're we're working our way down to those famous two-tone shoes mm-hmm. um you know what I, I can see why these are timeless. I can see why yeah. women to this day still wear them. It's it's again, it's there is genius and simplicity. And mm-hmm. and it goes um I mean obviously by design, just like most of her other uh, designs, she wanted to make sure this is probably why it's timeless. She wanted to make sure it could go with everything and anything. And I that's why I, I still it's still a pretty, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it's still a pretty big hit to this day. It is, yes? yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, with the ball even the ballerina flats, some people do like that's very classic as like a tiny little heel. Um, do you want me to go into talking about yeah, why? Do uh apparent what I found out too is the reason why she did the two tone, like the darker tip, was yeah. because that's the part that got the dirtiest. It was like so simple. Mm, She's mm. like, Oh, let's So make when it this gets darker. shitty, yeah. So when it gets like messed up with like street grime and puddles on the on the ground it's just gonna blend in yep okay. she's like you get it gets scuffed when women Genius are walking simplicity yeah. simple yeah she's yeah. like oh and let's like let's not let it overpower the look yeah you know it's it's not about the shoes it's the overall elegance and that's it i mean she just made she's very simple about stuff yeah and this this i i i have to talk about this for a little bit you know mm-hmm. since we framed the piece with um their the art versus the artist and and separating those two sometimes we are you know we're getting so passionate passionate about her creations and it does make me forget about 
the dark shit. Yeah. And like it's I, I didn't even know honestly I didn't even know that about the the fucking shoes. So, but that makes sense and like when we're talking about the other things, it's fascinating to see how much yeah, simplicity went into these designs and why they've become timeless and little things like that that would just separate. I I wouldn't even have thought about it that way, honestly. Yeah. It, it's it's <laughs> no, it's I I was reading about that I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." It's just yeah. one of those like, "Oh yeah." It's like, but, yeah, I feel like the way about a lot of things. You know, when it actually, when someone explains something that's either sometimes complicated, but it can equally be simple and you're like, oh shit, well that's, yeah, that makes total sense. The simplest, sometimes like the simplest answer is the right one. Oh yeah. You know, like, oh no, no, get, that is, yeah. that is a famous thing that, um, I come from a, uh, a background in science. I have mm. a BS in genetics and biology. And did yes, I know this? That's I don't think you did. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm, I, I am, I have the most eclectic education background on the planet. And so, um, yes, uh, that is a famous, famous line from a lot of different walks of, uh, of that world. And my, my current professional world, my day job is, yeah, the, usually the simplest, yeah, usually the simplest answer is the correct one. And mm-hmm. you've probably heard people say it this way. Like if it, uh, you know, walks like a duck and sounds like a duck, don't call it a fucking horse, you know, it's yeah. probably yeah. a duck. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always the case. Um, no, did we, so where, where are we now? So we did the we, shoes. We did the shoes. So we can bring it together and we can talk about accessories. Accessories. Yes. Oh, yes. So, okay, accessories. Okay. Chanel, Chanel number five. Again, the use of five. Mm-hmm. Um, tell the good people why this guy's so important. Well, okay. So she was the f- one of the first dressmakers to create a perfume. Oh, so that's really fascinating. That. Okay. Yeah. Um, and her love and superstition for the number five pulled her towards that smell, which it was labeled number five. And she's like, okay, cool. Um, I'm sure she didn't talk like this. She said it in a French accent with her <laughs> cigarette out of her mouth, like really elegant. She's like, I'm presenting my collection of five dresses on May 5th. That's exactly how she sounded. Come yeah, on. she's Don't like, and, uh, uh, cool, yeah. She's, she's like, totally chill. <laughs> the fifth totally month chill. of the I year, like, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> so uh, May 5th, she's like, I'm presenting my collection of five dresses on May 5th. And it's at like the fifth month of the year. And she deliberately did this. And five, apparently, um, yes, yeah, so the, the number five will bring it luck. So it's like a lucky number. I think she was also really into numerology. Mm. So yeah, and I'm, I'm a little into that. numerology. I bet you didn't know that about me either. No, I didn't. I'm yeah. I was re- was really into. It. I read a whole book about it one time. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was about though. So. I will give you a little hint. If anybody ever reads, or I, I'll make it easier for you. If you listen to the entropy sessions and you hear the dates, there's every title, uh, every chapter isn't a regular chapter. It's it's a date and time. But that date is very important, and there's numerology behind it. I did not know that. Mm, That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, see? You relate to her in that level, at least yeah. on that tiny little fraction. Yes, Jeff, definitely the numerology and not the other shit. I'm so disturbed <laughs> about the other stuff. But. <laughs> so um, ah, okay. what else? I remember, um, do you have Chanel number five um, My... in, your, in your collection right so- now? I personally don't like that smell. Oh my god. Oh shit. Okay. We gotta go, guys. Sorry. My mother. My mother, Victoria Parsons. She's from the Bronx. My mother. She um is is obsessed with it. Yeah. My mom's from the Bronx. Born and raised. Very elegant woman, loves Chanel. Like we had a whole sh- her 80th birthday. We I told them to make it all Chanel themed. Really? Yeah, she loves Chanel. How appropriate that we're Isn't doing the show. Yeah, right. she's gonna love this. I'm gonna have her listen to it. So has she, she listened to our other shows? Actually, speaking of that, no, I haven't because I curse a lot. I yeah, just, like, I was. I'd be scared. To, there's like to, to give it to like, the to the right family member or friend. I curse 
curse a lot around them in general because we're very like a New York type of family, so it's yeah. fine. But like it's uh, like I think I talked about things I didn't want her hearing. So I'm just oh. with this. I'll well, probably, hi, mom. Hey, how are you? I, I'll let uh, her listen to this. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> she's so she's an adorable woman but she um she loves chanel number no. five that's like every birthday or christmas she's like i'm running out of my chanel number no. five alley are you gonna give it to oh me God, i'm like jesus yeah. christ it's expensive she's like in the room with us right now I can, she's I can... yeah she's yeah she's a riot she always she can't even walk right but she still tries to wear heels I'm no, like mom you're, her heart. You, you can't stop and she always will wear a suit even she's to the grocery store she's 80 how what's what's her first name victoria victoria oh victoria yeah, but... parsons that's a beautiful name. Yeah. Yes. Hi, hey, mom. <laughs> She'll I hope you're having it. a good day. She'll love that day. we talked about. She'll see, did you talk about me? Because if it wasn't for me, you would know about Chanel. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, Jesus. She's haunting you. Yeah. Yeah. She's all right. Um, so, no, I don't. I did like Chance. I remember that came out. And Mademoiselle's really nice. She came out with a lot of perfume, Chanel, with numbers, like number seven, nine, Doing 19. my homework, she still has the most expensive high tier line on the market, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And the like Chanel. 4,000 a bottle. Something crazy, right? Whoa, that's wild. I didn't that's what that. I read. I read like 4,000 a bottle or some shit. Like ridiculous. It wow. better like, you know, with this, it better give me like a trip to the Bahamas and give me like a back <laughs> massage. Like what else does the, the perfume do for Will me? they send us stuff for promoting Chanel perfume? <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, guys. Well, we know I, I like to talk about this on the show a lot. I, I talk about how a lot of people, a lot of really famous people and now brands are a huge fan of the show. So oh. we know that Chanel is a huge fan of the show. And guys, <laughs> uh, Victoria or not Alexandra's mom, Victoria, is running a little low. If you could send us a shipment and we'll give you a P.O. box <laughs> and actually inscribe it to Victoria, it would really make your day. My mom does have a really cute, really quickly very cute story she said she walked into a spa this is like i don't know in the late 50s or 60s and they had black and white chanel everything like the lotion mm. and she said i died and went to heaven <laughs> <laughs> i was hooked that's, ever since that's i was yeah, yeah she's all right so that's that's that little little tip no we would perfume. we've been so serious this whole show we we haven't really been doing tangents so we needed that we needed yeah, a little we needed a, a little, little mom tangent victoria parsons tangent like doing her people love my impression of my mother so <laughs> no it's that's spot on i can yeah <laughs> i can picture it perfectly so let's uh let's bring it all together in the uh what i in my humble opinion, I think is maybe her most famous uh, creation, her most famous piece, if you will. And that is the little black dress. I didn't mm -hmm. talk. I purposely didn't talk a lot about this um, in our pre-shows because this is probably one of my favorite styles for women. Like mm -hmm. I, I will never. I again, I'm a feminist. I, I want equality for all. I will never dress you guys. I don't want that. We don't want to go back and back in the past. But when you guys choose to wear the little black dress, I always think it's, man, there's something about it that's so cool and chic and always perfect and timeless in my eyes, fashion-wise. It is. It's something that's like, there's many different styles of it now. I mean, if you think of like even Audrey Hepburn and Tiffany's. Elaborate, yeah. Yeah, that's a simple black dress. You see it in cinema as like that elegant woman. Um, and I mentioned this before, Coco Chanel created this beautiful black dress in the 20s. And she says, you know, about that time she was contemplating and she was in the, in the opera and in the back of a box and she's like she saw all these reds and greens and electric blues and i made her feel ill like she said she literally made her feel ill and these colors are impossible 
And um, she's like, I'm bloody well going to just dress them in black. And another <laughs> thing that's, yeah, very interesting is that um, she was very overwhelmed by making a dress. She was mm. not actually, she was a dress, like she was a seamstress and a dressmaker. She actually didn't illustrate. She was not, a, she draped everything. She didn't know how to really draw that great. Um, and she was making, she just was like, I, apparently I read something where she broke out and she was like, I don't know how to make a, creating a gown is just, was overwhelming for her. Mm. And then that's, I think that's where she came up with the simple black dress. Cause it was like, I'm just going to make something that is simple and elegant and not overcomplicated. Yeah. This, I, I, you know, I, I guess I can, you know, liken it to uh, men's fashion. Like I've, I've talked about this in other shows. I love mm -hmm. dressing up. I love suits and like the tuxedo for men is timeless, just a black tie tuxedo. And I just feel like this is that timeless that timeless piece for women, you put it perfectly. Like it's just always elegant. There's always a touch of class to it and chicness. And it just, um, yeah, it just never ages. It never ages. And, you know, I think that she just, then she started, we talked about jewelry before in her first jewelry collection, but she started adding like the pearls, you know, and like the simple pearls, she started to change her jewelry and doing like the gold necklaces and the pearls and like she's like okay i'm gonna focus on the simple look but the accessories with the dress yeah she was she it's funny because everything else she was very intellectual about and simple but what i read about the little black dress was more of almost like she was being lazy about it like she's like i can't make a fuck i'm not doing this fucking <laughs> like dress. i can't do that thing so i'm gonna do this thing yeah then it became gonna... a big hit yeah, and she's like, okay, this works. I, I feel like that's something I would have done. Like, I'm like, this is complicated. How can I do this in a more simpler way where I'm not driving myself nuts? But also identifies my brand. And she did that. I honestly, before we started doing our homework, I did not know that she was, uh, the birthplace was with Coco Chanel. Like, I had heard that my whole life. Like, um, like I have two nieces and stuff like that. And they would always talk about the LBD, you know? Like, oh, I just got to get my little black dress for this thing or this party mm -hmm. or this dance. And... Um, um, so I heard that my whole life, like it was definitely in the lexicon of my God, being a teenager, very young, I would say, like even before that in my adolescence, teenage years, obviously as an adult. And it's just been my family's and my world lexicon forever. And I, I had no idea it was uh, the birthplace was with Coco Chanel. A lot of it. Yeah. And it's fascinating because a lot of the things that she designed was stuff that was practical to her. And a lot of designers don't do that. Because um, she wore the little black dress, she would be very simple. Um, if she went out and had to wear a gown, she's like, I'm just gonna wear a black dress and be, you know, accessorize it. But she was, other than that, as you know, she tend to wear her boyfriend's clothing. Mm -hmm. She wore like she would she the tweed jacket. She got that fabric from menswear jackets. Mm. Like you know, so she she just took a lot of stuff from menswear. So that's where the, to... the criticism started. You know, they would say like, oh, this is like, she's dressing up women as boys or something. At, yeah. At first, yeah. Right? It was controversial. And I was thinking today, I'm like, if she didn't have, if she had a male figure in her life, a strong fit, this is very psychological. Oh, but no, I was like, no, if yeah. she had a strong like, male, like philosophy. right. If she had a strong male figure in her life, if she actually had the father figure, would have she created the looks she would have created? Because mm. I think that the lack of a father figure played a big part in her need to break the chains that men have put on women's clothing. It also maybe made her need, um, 
also like her need to dress in menswear and her lover's clothes was a way for her to feel close mm. to what she never had, which was a strong male figure. Maybe on to something. I think. Yeah, that are, was just like a little those are thing. Very well executed theories, I think. Thanks. I was yeah. just like an idea. I was like, hmm, it's interesting. That's so then cool. let's 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 bring it on home and tie a bow on this bee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on a pure design level, guys, you know yes. how we frame the show. So purely artistically speaking, on a pure design level, why study Coco Chanel? Well, without her, we wouldn't have half the stuff that we have that women are wearing. So we always have to go back in history, right? To like read about history to learn where we are now. It's the same thing with fashion and she's a huge part of it. So you got to learn about your makers and you got to learn about the past in order to see where we are. And, and as you know, unfortunately, she has a dark side like a lot of famous people do. And um, it's was very it's very depressing and heartbreaking. And I don't you know, if I met her in a room, I probably wouldn't like her. But I still like I, I probably wouldn't even want to be near her if I heard that about her. I'd be so like, Fuck yourself. I yeah. to bring this. Uh, oh, gosh, I, I have to ask then, uh, you mm-hmm. know, as part of the conclusion, did this show studying so much more about her change how you looked at her a little? Yeah. Her as a person. Yeah. You know, not 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 the pieces. No, it did. Um, it did change it. It was kind of like, oh man, like it kind of rained. Like, on uh, your yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I felt. I, I, I was like, because oh, I oh. heard about it, but I thought it was like, yeah, I heard that maybe she was a Nazi informant, but I thought it was hearsay. And then the more I read about it, and the things that she said, that I found out that she like, I don't even want to say the things she said. I was like, I was actually on the Long Island Railroad with my friend Lewis, yeah. and we were coming back from Fire Island and going into the city. This was like last week, and I was like reading more about it, and I was like, Is this oh, when you sent me God. the article, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was in New York. I was like, oh my fucking God. I was like, Lewis. He's like, yeah. And he's just like a kind of a no, always a very smart guy. He was like, yeah, man, she's, she fucking was nuts. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so depressing. He's like, well, and then we had this whole conversation about a lot of, you know, different artists. He's like, this is, this is what happens. You're always going to, if you keep looking, you're going to find some dark shit. Yeah. No, I think it kind of goes back to your point too, you know, just to close some circles of, um, be careful about meeting your heroes, you know, mm-hmm. meeting celebrities. And and I, I feel the same way. I, I've always made fun of, like, I, I still, I mean, as much as I love film and we talk about thespians on the show and actors and actresses and all that stuff, it is, you know, from a purely objective standpoint, it's absolutely ridiculous the level of prestige we put them on. Like mm-hmm. the fucking, <laughs> the fucking uh, pedestal we put these like people that just act as other people for a living. That's because that's that's the modern example of you know the biggest celebrities we have are actors, actors and actresses, right? Movie stars. So I always kind of liken it to them. And um, so where are you on the spectrum? Are you like, when you, when you separate the art from the artist, are you, you know, sometimes I'm just like 55% like, ah, well, their shadow isn't cast so big that it's affecting how I like the things that they made. I feel like obviously in this example, you still love the art she made. Yeah. I, I think I compartmentalized it. I, it's like a, the art is separate from her life in a way, even though it clearly her life has reflected her art because of her upbringing. Yeah. Um, and I think ph- philosophically speaking, I'm the type of individual that loves to know the backstory of people because it's clearly like who they are. But as an individual, like as, as an artist, I'm like, I lo- I'm looking at it as, as like a separate entity that she created. And I love like the stuff she created is important. And it's beautiful. And it's, classic and um 
well, they say it's like the cheapest thing you'll ever wear is the thing that lasts forever. Mm. Like that's even though it costs thousands of dollars that you're going to have for like a lifetime. So yeah, like I, I think 50, 50, I think I'm 50, 50 or 51, 51, 49. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Um, and it, it is situational. It was something with the Nazi like that. That shit is just upsetting. And I'm definitely not going like, to. Right. And I, I think I, I'm really glad. Uh. I'm really glad in a way we uh, dug as did as much digging as we did, because time and time again, when I know you feel this way, like every time I'd read a bio or watch a like a, a video essay on her on YouTube, it was always just like holding her in this perfect light. I, I wanted to definitely frame the show. It's like, well, she was far from perfect. <laughs> and yeah. um, and we didn't even go into the anti-Semitism stuff, but there was a yeah. strong set of evidence there, which probably led to the Nazism. That was disturbing that I yeah. did not know about that. And I was like, oh my God, what a fucking shitty person. I was like, oh. And for the first time ever where we were like doing uh, you know, this bio piece on on a famous figure i realized like we frame it this way we got to talk about it because yeah. we we i didn't want to be like all the other shows where all we did was just like it was just sunshine and fucking rainbows and unicorns like there was this other side and probably to your point that other side had a lot to do with with some of her creations too so mm-hmm. um so with that being said um thank you guys so much for listening i want to thank you i want to thank my co-host miss alexandra the great oh I, thank you I, couldn't have done this. Yeah, I couldn't have done this show without you. This uh, one was a hard one because we went through a lot of different <laughs> versions of what we thought the show mm-hmm. was going to be, and um, I'm really glad that um, it formed, it landed the way it did. So thank you so much. Thanks again, guys, for listening. But before we go, you know, we got a little extra for you. A little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gem of the week. If you're new to the show... If you're new to the show and you don't know what the gym of the week is, it's essentially something we like to talk about here at the end of our shows, but doesn't always fit into the scheme of the episode. It, um, you know, it may be on our radar in the last day, last week, last month, but we got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper. Now, before we talk about it, of course, we need to talk about their sponsor. Today's gyms are brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings. What's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secure cloud, so you never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use, and there's nothing to download. So go to zen.ai, that's z-e-n.ai slash art of the beholder, or just use promo code art of the beholder and get 30% off your first three months with the pro account. Now back to the gyms. Now my gyms are um, very fucking fitting because Bill Burr, the stand-up comedian, just put out a new stand-up called Live at Red Rocks, and he has a whole fucking bit on Coco Chanel. I don't want to ruin it for you. I kind of talked, I you know, in our pre-shows and stuff. I kind of told, I told Alexandra what he talks about. But let's just say it's right in the middle of his set too, so it's a little centerpiece. It's a little very serendipitous. Down. Did very you? Serendipitous. Hey, we talked about this. Did you see it? Did you I'm watch, watch it? it tonight? I'm gonna make my friends. I'm I'm gonna make them watch it with me tonight. Do you like stand up? I don't. <laughs> oh, know I love much. stand. I love Bill Burr. He came to actually Athens, Georgia, when I used to live there. Well, I feel like that's controversial because he shits on women a lot, but he does it in a in a way that I think if you listen to enough of his stand-up, I don't think you'd really really I shit on that women way. too. Like I shit on my own sex as well. But I also have, you know, recently embraced on shitting on a lot of men. <laughs> Actually <laughs> I, I, I'm I doing that, both. It's a 50-50. That reminds- 
That reminds me to talk about something that I forgot to talk about. Uh, on behalf of all men, when I was doing my homework for, you know, trying to find the examples of the art versus artist examples, and we talked about fucking MJ and uh, Roman Polanski and um, Woody Allen, I realized, oh my God, they're all men. You know, so like, uh, talk, about, <laughs> talk about shitting on men. On behalf of all men as a man, guys, fucking quit it. You know, like, be better. Like, here's our little PSA. Like, quit, quit, quit it. Quit doing yeah, I know you're thinking about it. No, 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 don't do it. <laughs> don't you fucking do it. Be better. Be better. Okay, work on it. Um, and my other uh gem is um this is a gear in the making. Um, you probably have no idea about this, so uh correct me if I'm wrong, but Cyberpunk 2077 is a video game that had a terrible launch. It was a buggy mess, people shat and shitted all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh the bugs have been fixed. So I can attest that I finally picked it up after it's finally got its PS5 version. A lot of bugs bugs have been fixed, and it's a it's a really fun experience. So now that it's in its the form it should have been in at launch, um, I really enjoy it. So uh, check out the now current version of Cyberpunk 2077. Not the not the old one, or you're going to cry yourself to sleep. Alexander the Great, what do you got for us? I have currently been reading a new book, and it is a Fran Lebowitz. It's called The Fran Lebowitz Reader. Oh, I love Fran And Lebowitz. I absolutely love her. She's hilarious. You do have to be in the right mindset. Yeah, acquired taste. Yeah. It's She's an acquired like a, taste. She's like a cigar. Yeah. Um, have you watched the documentary? The pretend it's a the city. Scorsese one. You work Scorsese just fucking laughing the whole time. Like, I <laughs> have seen the <laughs> snippets. Um it's I fantastic. No. I have not so seen like, all of it. I would like what if you don't know much about Fran Leibowitz, I would see the documentary, like the documentary series, which it so makes you like love. Oh, yeah, this is why New York's cool. And she is such a fresh, innovative way, very honest way of looking at things. And then her writing, I've never really read her stuff before. And now I'm reading it. And it's it's brilliant. It's so funny and silly and like hilarious. The way like she's a master observer, you know, like how she looks at the world is just and that's why she does comedy. You know, it's like, yeah, that is is, um, the unique smart. Yeah. Yeah. The unique brain of a smart comedian has that wit and that charm. And yeah, Fran is uh, she's she's her own uh, creature. Yeah, she used to be the main one of the main writers for Interview Magazine. And then right. And she she doesn't really write anymore. She just speaks at things and like, (laughs) yeah, she's basically a a comedian. Uh, Yeah, She's basically a comedian. She'd probably be pissed if we. Oh, yeah, (laughs) we'd be pissed. She'd be real pissed if she's like, what are those fucking kids doing on Art of the Beholder talking about me? But uh, the most I see here, honestly, is I I I watch a lot of um, real time with Bill Maher on HBO Mm -hmm. and she's a she's a guest all the time. Bill Maher loves her. So she's on the show a lot. So I get to see kind of her fresh takes on things from that um, from that format, from that platform. Speaking of spot style, she's got fantastic style. <laughs> she is just classic uniform jeans. She wears these boots and a blazer. And I'm like, chef's kiss. Amazing. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Well, if you, guys, if you like that, you can, of course, check out our stuff at at underscore Novo underscore day and day is D-E and at Novo Day Media. You can, uh, of course, reach us at our website, novadayproductions.com. There you'll find things like the Entropy Sessions, Post Meridian, Cancel Culture Lotto, um, one of my adulteration, some other shit I'm forgetting. Uh, this show, um, well, you'll see ads for this. So don't forget to like and subscribe and do all the things. You, you, no one cares. You're not going to do it. It doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> 
but do it if you want. Like it doesn't. You know, rate and review. Follow me on Instagram. Who, who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're still gonna do the show every week. We could do the show for like one person audiences. It'll be the same. We we still have a fun time. We we, mm-hmm. we love it. So, uh, but but uh, with all that being said, <laughs> this is a weird talk about a segue. Uh, this is a transition. If you'd like to sponsor our little love child here, <laughs> you can reach us at NovaDayMedia at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of Miss Alexandra the Great, Alexandra Parsons, for her abilities, her skill and artistic vision, tell the good people how they can get a hold you of you. You could call me at 1-800. My webcam is, and please deposit this money to my cash app and Bitcoin. I'm just kidding. So, no, I am. Um, no, I thought you only <laughs> took Dogecoin. I thought that was just Bitcoin. What you was like, please, please follow my Bitcoin Instagram account I'm like a hacker. Um, no, so Alexandra underscore Parsons is on Instagram. So you can follow me on there. My links to my um, Etsy account is on there as well. You can also like message me if you have any questions or talk to me. Um, yeah. I'm on Instagram a lot. So you're I'm like brainwashed. So you could just do that. And also there's AlexandraParsons.com. It's actually at the moment it's down. I'm going to put it back up tonight. What? Yeah, I forgot Dude. to renew my subscription. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. <laughs> so oh, that's your, like your just... digital. I call it digital real estate. Yeah, my digital real like, estate. I need to renew to it. Click I was like, the oh, button okay. for twelve bucks and and make exactly. sure no your 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 URL. Yes, I have to do that immediately. Uh, right when I get off of this thing. So there's those. So Alexandra underscore Parsons. That's why you need the Dogecoin. You need yes, to renew need your your um, hosting website i believe is what they're called <laughs> so yeah you could just i'm like yeah my if you're on etsy go on to alexandra parsons co co and you'll find me right there all my little eco-friendly sustainable goods are up there support your local designer or your please do yeah and support alexander the great so uh we appreciate you guys again thank you for listening until next time be good to each other and as always good luck and godspeed we love ya Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions, created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media, at Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company, Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123, Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Shh.